Skullduggery Publishing Podcast, where the authors will read their short stories from the book, Decadent Selections. This is Pastures Plenty, read by Catherine Hargreaves. It was the same damn dream again. It had haunted Dennis for a little over a month now, but to wake in its fiendish clutches, today of all days, seemed like some harlequin mischief aimed at his dainty heart. Dennis was nearing old age, and his precious pump sputtered at the insult. Deep inside his moistened sheets, Dennis wondered why such malevolence would torment a fellow at 3 a.m. on the anniversary of their separation. Had Carol cursed him? Certainly she must have her reasons. Dennis was no fool. Too honest at times, a bit sensitive, but an idiot never. If nothing else, that church group of hers, the one for modern divorcees with newfound morals, had finally battened down Carol's better hatches. Spiritual cleansing, she called it. Shenanigans was more like it, the way those hens tittered at any beard in the room. They imagined him an oaf, he figured. Glasses could do that to a person. Those folks, why they didn't know how to treat a man like a gentleman. Sure, anyone can throw water on the fire in their hearts and earn an award in this parish. Dennis tithed with the best of them, but sat alone in that wooden pew, while Carol clucked and sucked her cheeks two rows over. He saw how gently the priest placed the wafer in her mouth. She did have those fleshy lips, my God. Dennis used to call her sweet mercy for what she did to him under the covers, hips rolling like Kansas, and the smell of grass drifting up from where the sheep pocketed. She once said he came like a dairy cow, low and long. Late at night he pictured her face, flushed and just the tiniest bit fat, beaming at the good Lord, her bright soul, as the gospel washed her clean. Dennis no longer felt clean after church, but rather like a doll chafed by a kitten's tongue. He itched furiously all over. I think Father Brent is singling me out, he confided to Lance over dinner. Hamburger helper with a locale substitute. Carol wasn't the only adult who could lose weight in this town. And sure, if it meant some dignity, Dennis would drink skim milk too, but unlike his wife, he wouldn't do it for a few cheap looks. Parading herself about town as if no one had ever seen a middle-aged woman in a miniskirt. Not that Dennis would ever wear a skirt. He wore the pants in this family, and that was the end of it. Lance would start asking questions one of these days regarding the situation, as Dennis had begun calling their separation. Even though it was going on a year now, and she had changed the locks. Keeping pace with the filthy recesses of a teenage mind made a man careful, There was no telling what the boy thought, and it was only going to get worse for Dennis. A tricky age to manage, while the dismal fields of his adolescence waved in the distance. He wasn't patting himself on the back each night for being a premium parent, but no teenager was going to challenge him to a pissing contest on his turf. No, sir, not while he sat on the PTA board. Dennis was a good fellow and a fine dad, but more importantly, in this house, he was the boss. Dennis, please. Lance, my name is Dad. Okay, dude. Kids these days. Dennis should feed the little thug just lettuce for dinner like his mom and see how he likes that. Cucumber sandwiches, hot water with lemon. That would cleanse his mouth good. Language, how is your mother? 
She's learning how to use the internet. Brent's teaching her. What? Lance had low-cal cheese on his chin. Carol, how could she? What, what happened to her programs? And that's Father Brent to you. Dennis felt humble defending the home invader. Hadn't he taught Carol how to use the alarm system? Anyway, she said if she sees you in church again wearing those godforsaken shorts, she's going to sue for custody. Touché. Touché. Point for Carol. What a bitter subject between them, nonetheless. And to bring in the boy. His little man had teacup ears. But when he said that to Carol later on the phone, she didn't find his grief so touching. Its little pitchers have big ears, she spelled flatly. Fishing for gold, are we, Carol? Dennis could dig it. He was a modern man. Let's role play. I'll be the surveyor. Hanging up forever, Dennis. Carol, keep her talking. Just do me a favor. Stop wearing those shorts. Father Brent has hurt you quit the suit. Dennis had no one to blame for his attitude, but the liquor now streaming through him at a frankly surprising rate. Skim milk was what Dad's restaurant served. No ifs, ands, or buts. But Dennis's own kitty cocktail had been mickeyed from the tiny plastic bottle he stored behind the microwave. Lance's view from the dinner table was concealed by a dividing wall, and the thought of a father-son dinner, two men sharing secrets, had sent his finger probing for the familiar sticky neck. Just to lube the tube, he liked to say. A man was far wittier with a slug of hot steel in his gut. For Lance's birthday, Dennis was considering penning him a set of notes, sort of like those flashcards the boy used for math, except with real-world information, stuff that mattered. Life was either quicksand or a strip tease, Dennis had decided. Booze just helped you get backstage before the laughter drowned you. These were things a man needed to know, and what better way to impart a father's wisdom than on business cards? Of course, he thought to himself when the idea struck. Of course. Dennis! He hadn't realized Carol was still talking. If the woman only knew the pains that troubled his heart. A wide-open ear would be, too, would be better than two lap dances right about now, even from Beth Noodle, who sat next to him at the PTA. Focus. Listen, Dennis. No, Carol, you listen. My, oh, my, did he sound victorious. Dennis was a general on a steed, a black, bitter steed. I don't think we should be confusing Lance about what's going on here. Dennis, what in the hell are you talking about? That's right. Could she feel his power, his zest? Dennis had been watching a lot of hostage negotiation on late-night television. Father Brent has no right touching my keyboard in my house. You live in pastures aplenty now. Let me tell you one thing, Carol. If I hear that Father parks his fanny and my pop is on. For Pete's sake, Dennis, I told you to quit hitting the brandy after dinner. Your son can smell. Smells like a teen spirit, the fruity pebble. Father Brent is giving me spiritual guidance right now. By sniffing your shampoo musk and sitting in my favorite chair, without a drop of shame, mind you. I'm ignoring you as usual. Anyway, Father thought I might enjoy some friend chat online. As if. Dennis knew the Father wet his panties in the vicinity of any average and available broad that warmed his pew. It all made sense now. Most Sundays at the Fellowship Coffee Clatch, Dennis enjoyed a presidential position, position near the top-notch donuts, where he spent twenty fraught minutes humming into his boiling cup and watching Father Brent touch his wife's shoulder. Nowadays, 
Carol was fond of wearing blue, down to the electric eyeliner that caught in the wet corners. A bit silly, like a virginal aunt, but Dennis forgave her. It did somehow liven her up a bit, and threw some heat down the old wire. Sparky, he called it. Otherwise, you might as well go for broke. Become a scoundrel. A clown weeping in the corner. A broken man. He wasn't perfect, this Father Brent, but more unforgivably, he wore his naivete like a dress. Dennis did a quick calculation to bide some time. He had been to college, sowed his seed, felt love burn his flesh, emerged a warrior. Father Brent had lived a hell of a lot less than Dennis, yet acted as if they were equals. Equals shared cigars over a fresh kill. Equals valued brotherhood, packs, and understood they had the same enemy in the end. They never bothered with women, lest their brotherly pact be torn asunder by the devil's temptation. Women! Vicious ghouls had gotten past his defenses and carved their names in his chest. Father Brent certainly knew not his terror nor his rage, for he had abstained from the very pleasures which left these cruel flags in their wake, prayer garland of the tattered soul. Dennis, I'm afraid I don't understand your animosity here, said the father, with the placid face of a limp prick. There was a humming in Dennis's right ear. If only there was a magical funnel the right words could ride from his heart out his mouth. It would make these moments easier. It might even erase all future mistakes. What was worse, to say the right words or the wrong ones? In his faltering tower, Dennis sensed nonetheless that he was already forgiven, that no word uttered now would betray his soul, which knew its righteous message, finally. Dennis was done being told no. He set his squashed cup on the brownie platter. Father, if I was simply the hunk of meat you imagine me, a real brain-dead hunk of meat, I suppose I could perhaps understand, let's say, your untoward behavior in my temporary absence. But this is holy ground you're fondling, Father. I don't appreciate the advances on my wife. Did Dennis regret his declaration? He wasn't certain yet. Father Brent had gone white with glassy, reddened eyes, and behind him, Carol had stopped her cookie-pecking to watch. Dennis realized he was feeling very bold, and that his speaking voice had acquired new heft and girth. At your service, he thought. Across the room, Carol's face swum, mouth bubbling around an unspoken O. Oh. Dennis noticed for the first time how her pale skin was no longer luminescent as it had been in the early days, how now she applied glitter to her cheeks. She was a blue sheen, a mermaid in the shadow. So beautiful, he thought. Carol had always underestimated Dennis, starting their second date. She answered the phone, saying, I'm surprised it's you. At the time, he had just assumed her dazzled. She was pretty in a flat way, eager and meek both. She had chewed her cheek all the way through dinner, but blushed when his warm finger grazed her thigh. What woman in Carol's position wouldn't have peed herself just then, knowing how his hands wanted to hold her? At that very moment, it occurred to him that maybe she hadn't been waiting for his call, now or back then. Whether or not this was true, Dennis couldn't confirm, and what would it prove if he could? Nonetheless, a nameless emotion commented across his dormant heart, raking its coals. While the father fumed, Dennis pondered the possibility of Carol's pretending all these years. Of course she probably saved this confession for Father Brent the night she left, only to come home an hour later and make him scram instead. 
He felt the fearful rhythm of the comet's pulse still echoing, pushing into corners he would rather leave alone. In them he had stashed memories, stale and ugly, that now came clawing to the surface. Dennis's father took a full six hours to die. He admired that about the old man. Lance had been too captivated by a beetle to notice the sudden wash of stillness through the white room, nor did he really care. At that age he was not yet fully formed enough to feel grief, to understand the idea of alone. In front of him the bug went about its business. Oh, that is sick, Carol had shrieked, absurd, up in arms. I want it out! Lance, honey, here's how you kill them nasty buggers. Then whap, whap, whap. She sat back brushing bug atoms from her jeans, satisfied in sucking her gums like a mother lion. Lance looked gutted. Later, how Dennis had wept. It was this he came back to now, the calling card fate forgot. In his darkest hours, Dennis had contemplated other possibilities besides this fracture, the splitting of his insides for the wolves. His father had shouted his last wisdoms to them until the air had simply left his lungs, his faithful wife beside him. Dennis had reflected on these warnings to give them their proper due as a man's dying words, but admittedly it had rung a bit hollow before. It was not the most heroic moment to arrive at such staggering conclusions, standing here in his Sunday shorts and warning the father to keep his barn door shut, but at its threshold a certain grace was divinely bequeathed to him. For the first time Dennis beheld the future offered behind Carol's blue curtain, so much like the fog of encroaching death. A true mistress wouldn't send her toady to duel the dragon. A hero wept only once when his mortal shell, too small to begin with, fled him. Gentlemen, he whispered, start your engines. The future that lay behind the curtain entered Dennis like a heat-seeking missile, determined to do battle, bred to become a star, a pulse felt by many. In the meantime, his heart would bloom only at night, away from the mercenaries of beauty that refused his treasure. Wear shorts whenever you goddamn want. That's something the kids should know. An important transmission from the fathership. Ah, yes, what else? Dennis was feeling grandiose in spite of his annoyance. Powdered sugar blotted his lapel. In PTA meetings, they practiced announcing their intentions before entering into discussion and took turns mediating disagreements regarding whether or not an upcoming pizza lunch should cater to the celiac minority. Dennis, in an unfortunate move on his part, had voted for the normal stuff. If we let ourselves accommodate the weakest links, he declared to the board in a spontaneous speech, our collective strength shall falter. Please, let us not be driven by buffoonery. Let's give them the tasty goods they want. A sudden heaviness in the room lingered like a hot burp. Hard crowd. His final fist smack on the cheap compressed board table failed to rouse any emotion in the group's pasty faces. Beth was doodling on her notepad and not meeting his eyes, big thighs smearing against her pencil skirt. Regardless of the rest of them, Dennis was a changed man for the experience. Did enlightenment feel tingly? Surely, Father Brent noticed the change in him. After all, he was a new man, a freed man. Dennis answered to no one now that he had caller ID. To screen the hotties, of course, was what he told Carol. 
When Father Brent came up to give Dennis a quick grip and a kindly smile, he sensed hesitance in the stoic bearing of the priest. Just as he expected, Dennis wasn't a pushover. He had meat on his bones. Across the room, Carol pretended not to watch as she pushed wafers into her mouth behind a lacquered hand. Behind her bow-peep eyes, a shadow shivered and fled. I'm happy to see you looking so dapper again, Dennis. You must be feeling well. You're damn right, Brent. The father startled without his normal title. Gleefully, Dennis watched him recover composure. Although I do say the shorts are an unusual accompaniment. Dennis was no stranger to compromise. That's what sharing a bed means when your wife chooses her body pillow over your aching flesh. Compromise in this case also meant that the shorts had to stay. That's just how things were right now, and he was nobody's slave. But fine, if it meant Carol could think happy thoughts again, he would add the suit jacket, which sort of matched her eyeliner nicely. Maybe someone would think they had matched on purpose. Probably Agnes, who is good at issuing compliments like that, bless her decrepit bones. Esquire, fall. Just taking the new look for a twirl. Carol's favorite color is blue. The powdered sugar, which looked a good deal like wanton dandruff, shimmied on his shoulders as, Jen- as Dennis gestured. I'm a fan of green myself, uh, but your sense of adventure is certainly admirable. Listen, Dennis. Speak to me, my brother. Dennis felt strangely open to the father's news, whatever it was. Men like him had nothing to fear. You can't hurt steel, he had grown fond of saying. Listen, I know it's a touchy time for you both, but I wanted to offer my support. Dennis was intrigued. Love's got its own language, and God has his reasons. Neither are necessarily ours to know. Is Lance gay, Father? I'll love the hell out of that boy, no matter what shade of queer he is. Father Brent looked a bit queer himself at that moment, with a face like mac and cheese. Dennis sensed him rearranging a sentence in his mind. There seemed to be a kind of leveraging happening between the mechanics that governed thought and action, a delay as the father measured and weighed each word. The delicate tendrils of Brent's mustache frowned. Finally, there was a heavy sigh. Being a father sure gave the man heavy boots. Dennis wiped his mouth with the last scrap of napkin. Uh, Carol has asked me to let you know she needs some space. Space? He felt it like a nuclear winter around him, flat and sunk in despair. She needs to move on, Dennis. You should be happy. You both should be. She's made some nice friends on eHarmony. Of all the bloody things, he could feel the father's efforts at generosity, hovering like a happy turd under his nose. Dennis imagined that Brent awoke every morning to the sound of God's applause pattering his skull, reminding him he was good. Perhaps that's how the heart stayed tender. Not that they tell you what to do in this situation, the professors and parents of this world. The children should be spared. Dennis pictured Lance privy to Carol's escapades as a single woman. Shuddering walls, holy moly. True, Lance was no ignoramus. Kids talked. They caught glimpses of their sister's bra on the wash. And Carol insisted on cable, as if her son wasn't sprouting wood left and right. Dennis remembered how it was for boys that age. A few months back, while snooping for a fiver, he had come across a condom in Lance's duct-taped wallet, still in its sad wrapper. 
It was the kind he and Carol had used, advanced rider, for the mature set. Even at 45, he had to ask the teenage pharmacist to open a plastic case scuffed by carts, and if that wasn't just another shovel full on the old ship pile, the cabinet of curiosities was down on the floor. He checked the wallet occasionally, more tickled to think of the moment when his boy would need its contents, then worried about Lance pining for those magical spasms. Either way, several months later, it was still there. The rest, sixteen to be exact, lay lonely in their box under Dennis's single sleeper in pastures aplenty, also known as the bunker, Lance's pet, ca- pet name for the sad cave Dennis festered in daily. Space. Dennis wished desperately for something more robust than his feeble tenor to convey his confusion. Father was out of hand, reckless, perhaps a bid for power. First the big guy upstairs, and now Carol on his side? Of course. Of course. She needs a healing circle. Some close friends. Time with Lance. You know, perhaps adopt a terrier. Animals are wonderful companions. Father, if this was indeed the truth, Carol would have confided in me personally. As it stands, I must admit this revelation, if you will, rings a tad false. Dennis wished for his PTA pin, for some external badge of courage. In his hand, the soft cup wilted, wetting his palm with the last tepid spatters of the only sanctioned drug a soul was allowed these days. He thought of his father, how he went like a baby into that sweet release, spider hands clutching sheet. He remembered shuddering as the nurse closed his eyes lest they harden into O's. A fossil of proof. A desiccated insect man with his crooked limbs and the good stuff gone, but to where? Dennis did not have an answer for this, nor had all his church-going years provided one. It made sense in a lot of ways, but even in the end, understanding wouldn't save him. Dennis knew that much, at least. People were born bad with hearts duct-taped shut. That didn't mean you should go down like a fool begging for mercy. There was no honor in this. You did that by paying your dues, raising a son, and sacrificing your desire for Beth to wet your noodle. To hell with the rest of it. What a tremendous story. Good job. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this story and possibly want to purchase the book or learn more about Skullduggery Publishing, please go to www.skullduggerypublishing.com.